Stunt Podcast. Hey everybody, it's Matthew, and Rizzo and I are really excited to bring you yet another special interview on the You Deserve a Drink podcast. Our guest this week basically needs no introduction. Longtime listeners will recognize this individual as the very first special guest on the You Deserve a Drink podcast with Rizzo and I way back almost six months ago. They are the co-founder and CTO of TriRoll. Of course, we're speaking with Mr. Sid Kala, and we get into it. First of all, we look back on uh, the time that's elapsed since our previous segment, and of course, we talk about Ja Rule. <laughs> well, Rizzle repeatedly talks about Ja Rule throughout this episode since he's the latest high-profile candidate to have his own social currency rolled for him uh, from Tri-Roll. And <laughs> Sid fired some shots pretty strongly at the DeFi community, saying that they're not going to be the bridge to mainstream adoption, but rather Tri-Roll will be. As you can expect, this is a really fun conversation. So without further ado, I hope that you all enjoy the conversation that Rizzo and I had with Sid Kala, CTO and co-founder of TriRoll. Okay, we're live. This is Matthew, and I'm back with Rizzle for another special interview on the You Deserve a Drink podcast. This week, we have a very special VIP repeat guest on the show. If you listen to the retrospective episode that Rizzo and I recorded last week, you'll know who it is. It's none other than the king of social currency, Mr. Sid Kala. Welcome back to the show, Sid. Hey, thanks, Matthew. I'm really glad to be um, be back. I think um, this is the first time I'm doing a like a second uh, update of of a podcast on on social money. So pretty excited to chat. Yeah, very honored to have you. So I know most of the f- people listening will know who you are and will know about TriRoll. But for the folks that are just joining us, tell us a little bit, a quick intro of yourself and an elevator pitch of what TriRoll is. Yes, I'm, uh, I'm the co-founder and CTO of, uh, of Roll. And, uh, and, and what we do at Roll is we, we build infrastructure for social money. Uh, and what we mean by um, kind of social money in a very broader philosophical sense of it's a way for uh, communities, especially online communities, uh, to, to own the value that they generate online, um, as opposed to the platforms capturing most of the value. Um, so, so for us, it's, um, you know, it, it's, a, it's a natural transition from the category of user-generated content that we've seen explode in the past 10, 15 years into the, this new category of user-generated currency. Uh, where communities can then own the economics that they generate on the web. Um, so that's that's a, a high-level idea behind social money. Sid, 10,000 10, crypto years ago, we had you on our podcast as one of our first special guests, I think the first special guest on our podcast. And we were joking last week how we were all sort of like little potted crypto plants that have grown up uh, in this space very, very rapidly. And seriously, man, I, I mean, you guys were just sort of starting out. We were just sort of pivoting on this thing. And it wasn't that long ago. But at the same time, like I said, in crypto years, it was a very long time ago. And here you are, like, dropping news about, uh, I thought Whale Shark coming on was a big deal. No disrespect, Whale Shark. But then you got, like, Ja Rule coming on last night. Uh, I can only imagine the last several months have been somewhat of a whirlwind because, uh, you guys keep popping up on my radar all the time with the the people who are joining forces with you, and it was only a handful of people starting out. So, what has the last six months been crazy? Is this what you anticipated going on? What was this sort of the the plan the whole time? Uh, is is Jay Z next, or or what's uh what, what's been the deal, man? What have you been up to? <laughs> yeah, man, it's been pretty insane uh, the last few months. Uh, just to be honest. Um, yeah, so when we started out, you know, as, as you know, like we found a, a pretty strong like product market fit with a crypto art community uh, that you know has a big overlap with Scent, and you know the, the, those people still do pretty well, and we want to build out for that. Uh, but when we started Roll, we were always also partly interested in 
mainstream adoption of, of crypto, right? Just like a lot of other people are. Um, and that's really exciting to us. Uh, we don't think it's, for example, DeFi, uh, which is a, a much smaller aspect of, of crypto. You know, we think um, like social money has a really good and a realistic shot at bringing crypto more mainstream just because you don't have to start over from scratch. Uh, you know, these communities, a lot of the communities that we are working with are, are, are people who already have those communities elsewhere. Um, so, you know, our job is really to bring social money to those communities. Uh, so really like the way we have, uh, so maybe a bit more context on, on, on what we were doing, right? So when we started off, like our, our first job was to prove that social money is useful. Um, and we'd seen, seen um, really like proof that out with, uh, with the crypto artists so you know take like connie digital for example uh, you know like really pioneered a lot of the a lot of the hue uh, use cases you know skinny would call done some similar things um so, so once once we had that figured out like what we were really interested in was like how do we you know where do we position ourselves to to best bring uh value to these communities and we really think that role should be you know it's pretty early in the um in the social money scene so, so we think like role is best served by being the infrastructure layer of the whole social money category. Um, and you know, this, uh, I guess the Jarul announcement is kind of a similar vein in that because what's most exciting to us with this announcement is, uh, obviously we're very excited to have him on the platform, but even more exciting is he, he has um, his talent booking agency, Icon. Uh, I think it's gonna be announced pretty soon, but it's uh, icon.me uh, if you wanna check it out. Um, and you know what you can think of is like social money can seamlessly wrap around his platform, and that's going to happen through our through the APIs that we have developed and are still in the process of developing. Um, so you can think the process of like issuance and usage of of social money like happening natively on these platforms, and that's really exciting to us because we will never be able to build a um, like a talent booking agency, or we will never be able to build a real, like a social media company. Uh, but we think that the next generation of these platforms will natively integrate social money. Uh, and that's kind of exciting for us. Can, can you play it out for me in real time? Like I, I get some jock coin or, or whatever. Do you know what he's calling it? Um, no, not yet. We'll figure that out. But yeah, so, okay. so, so very quickly it can be, but even think of it before that, right? Like how did jock coin come into existence? Um, like in Jarul's case, it's probably going to come into existence on roll. Uh, but think of, um, you know, the 10th hip hop artist that comes on the platform or the 100th artist, right? Um, they may not even know about tryroll.com. You know, they may know about, hey, Icon is a, is a platform that I know and trust. And there is this interesting thing called, hey, do you want your own social money? And I'm intrigued. I'm like, hmm, what is this? And then you click that and you're still on the Icon site, right? And then you say, say like, you know, you read about it and you see perhaps like how, how Ja has been using this and you say, oh, this is pretty cool. I think I can do this too. And it's valuable to me and my community. And, you know, you click like, yeah, apply for my own social money uh, and perhaps you fill out some form and that's it. You don't think about it. And a couple of days later, you get an email uh, from Icon that says, hey, your social money was approved. You know, these are some ways in which you can use it on Icon. Um, but hey, there is no limitation, right? That's the whole beauty of building on Ethereum. Uh, that same social money can live on, on Discord, on your Twitter, on any other platforms that you use. Um, and also then you know, be able to transfer to, to Ethereum and kind of just connect seamlessly to Web3. Uh, so that's the world we want to build in the next six months or so. Do, is this like the, I read the article, Ja Rule claims he's been like, you know, checking out social money and blockchain from the background. But, you know, I'm like, he's, He's got to say that, but at the same time, like, is this the first like foray of non-crypto native people like really coming into this space or, or is he, him or his, uh, or icon a, a little bit more crypto native than I'm giving them credit for, or like, how, how did this all come about? Did they just, did John rule just like hit you up one day and was, was like, yo, I want in or, or, you know, what happened? Yeah, that's a, that's, a, that's a good question. So he's kind of been um, in our orbit, like someone we have uh, kind of been in our world for, for several years now. Um, and, you know, as we were, we were really growing, um, you know, growing our audience and just uh, you know, growing our core values and philosophies, um, we kind of reached out to everyone who was, um, you know, within our network. And these are the kinds of people that we are 
um, also able to get. So we do have, uh, I think we talked about this last time, like a pretty good uh, set of investors, which we quite like too. So people like uh, Gary Vaynerchuk, Spencer Dinwiddie, who are pretty well connected. Uh, so, so we did have, I don't know, we were able to reach out to a few of the more mainstream folks. And, um, and yeah, you know, like pitch them all about, you know, what we're doing and what the vision and role is. And uh, yeah, you know, the, 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 when we usually do that, like the vision stuff, it always like resonates with some people, uh, even if they're not crypto native, right? Just this idea that, you know, you can own the value you generate online, uh, you can reward your community in very unique ways uh, with like a, like a currency that belongs to you and is branded you know, with your brand. Uh, that's pretty appealing to like very traditional creators too, even without the crypto and Web three component. Um, so yeah, so you know some people see the broader vision and you know they're they're bought in and uh, yeah, that, that's uh, you know they're they're usually in. So one of the things that I mean I think Rizzo touched on it and we touched on it in our podcast that we recorded last week, but since we spoke last, like you like social currency social money or personal tokens whatever you want to call it has been one of the dominant themes that has just continued to increase in uh visibility and just like a thought space uh in our world and uh in the broader crypto community and i'm just wondering it, like i know you probably can't disclose too much but if you could hit us with any like growth numbers over like the last like certain period, I think that'd be really interesting, either from the product side, also on the team side, uh, just to give a sense of uh, to folks of really how much uh, things have changed since we spoke last. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. So, so one of the things, uh, just because we're very early in the space, um, so there are like two very broad things that we track. Uh, one is the, uh, the issuer growth. So meaning how many people have issued their own social money. Because uh, what that lets us do is really understand like who sees the broader vision and what kinds of experiments we can run. Um, just because at the end of the day, a lot of this, uh, a lot of what we're doing is also experimentation because role gives you a lot of the tools to, to do things. Um, but, you know, ultimately it's uh, kind of up to individuals and communities on how best they want to use it. Um, so, so things like crowdfunding and, you know, things that what, like people like Alex and Kerman are doing, uh, that's very interesting and let's say like very different from what, um, you know, someone like a Connie and Skeeny are doing. Um, so, so that's one thing that we do track pretty closely. Uh, the other thing we track is um, uh, kind of a very broadly what we call activations. Um, but you can just think of this as the number of times social money has been earned, spent, uh, or sent on, on, on Roland on Ethereum. Um, so, so both of those numbers are pretty healthy. Sorry, share growth has kind of been approximately 10, 10% week-on-week growth, uh, more or less since we launched. Um, I think it's been a little higher um, more, more recently. Um, and uh, part of that is also our onboarding process is a bit clumsy right now. So you'll have to, um, you know, you need to fill out a type form, then, you know, we'll reach out to you manually. Um, and, you know, we'll ask about how you want to send, receive social money and, 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 you know, what you plan to do with it. Um, and then issue, kind of like make a decision uh, just, you know, at, at a founder level and decide who, who, who is issuing on role. Uh, just because we want to keep the first few, uh, like a few hundred issuers or so, like pretty, pretty close and just make sure that's being used the right way and not just in a speculative way, for example. Um, and, and, and yeah, so, so I think like that, that just slows the process down, but you can imagine, you know, in the future, uh, there being a more seamless onboarding process for, for people to issue their own social money on role. And then in terms of the activations, like for the amount earned or times earned, spent and sent, uh, is there any insight there? Yes, it's, it's about, about a similar growth. So right now, um, that's another thing that we think is a low, uh, like a low hanging fruit for us. Uh, because one, one, one thing that we really see kind of accelerating some of the, you know, the number of times people are interacting with social money um, is simply by the tools that we will build natively on platforms. Um, so this is something that you probably see on like the, the role discard, for example, there's a third party tip bot. Um, but, you know, role will build uh, some first party bots for, for different platforms, not just uh, discourse. You can think like a, like a Twitch bot for role and like a, like a Twitter bot for role uh, where you can like tweet social money out to someone. Um, so we think like th- those types of, uh, you know, like more social and more visible actions will, um, w- will, will make people like send uh, social money even more. So, you know, we think we can uh, kind of accelerate those numbers um, on the activation side as well. Dude, definitely. Given the people, the capability to do that seems like, yeah, like you said, very low hanging fruit. And it, it seemed like when you guys came out of the gate, that was the, 
dominant way that people were using social currencies and, and uh, their platform on roll. But I know like since we collectively talked last, there's been sort of like a second wave of people who have gotten involved in social currencies and started doing some very different things with it than uh, what like the sort of pioneers had started off doing. Uh, and and I, I'd just be interested in hearing for those people who haven't been like keeping super close tabs on roll and some of the different experiments people have been doing with the currency. Uh, is there anything that's like really stuck out to you that was like a, a different use case or a different application that you saw coming? Yeah, um, there's some uh, some super interesting uh, use cases. Now, I'm quickly catching up on your earlier comment on the tool side. Um, yes, yeah, so, so I think uh, you know things like Discord bot and like first party bots are pretty important in our view. Um, but we also have the the earn codes, which are pretty convenient. And the reason earn codes have worked so well for us is because they are truly platform independent. Um, anywhere you can send a message, you can send an earn code. So that means you know you can embed that on your newsletter, you can put it on your blog. Um, you can email it out to people. Uh, you can send, you know, put it on Twitter, or Discord, whatever. Uh, so, it, uh, you know, so that has worked well for us just as a tool across all platforms, even though it has, you know, several limitations. Um, but yeah, we think like uh, kind of building something more native to platforms will uh, just increase that, um, increase that engagement more. Um, so yeah, back to your question on the uses of social money that we have seen. Um, yes, there's several ways to think about this, right? So when, um, so think of like when when we started with, um, you know, with people like Connie, for example, um, it, it was a very, uh, so how you earned you was, um, you did some actions that Connie found valuable, right? Let's say it's a treasure hunt on crypto voxels or subscribing to his newsletter um, or, or um, you know, many of the other actions that he, that he has created. Uh, so you can almost think of that like, uh, like a superpower that you can use to supercharge your KPIs and your community engagement. Um, and then, you know, on, on the redeem side, you can always have, um, uh, you know, things like for my art, for example, that's like a quick low hanging fruit. Uh, some other things that we had seen was like, hey, just uh, sponsor my Discord or like a newsletter or like a quick shout out. Uh, so these are all like pretty, uh, pretty awesome use cases um, for, 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 for a lot of people. So it kind of transcends beyond just crypto art. Uh, but one other thing that we have really seen over the last few months is just this idea of access uh, becoming real. So what social money lets you do is, uh, and, and one thing I'm sure like you guys have probably seen this like in your world too, is that it really surfaces your top fans. Uh, that's your top fans, your top collectors. Um, and we saw this behavior with traditional creators as well. Uh, so we have Laurel, for example, who was, who was actually the first issuer on Roll. Um, and she's as far away from crypto as you can imagine. Uh, so she has never held Bitcoin or Ether in her life. Um, she's an ASMR artist, um, you know, this online genre of um, kind of whispering in your microphone and giving tingling sensations in your spine. Um, and she's uh, she's completely on Instagram, TikTok, like that's her world, right? Uh, but she's also on Patreon, which is uh, a lot of her fans support her. And we see this engagement all the time, right? Like the people who hold tingles are, are the most tingles are all her Patreon supporters. So in a way, like social money, like really helps you curate your top fans. And one thing we're experimenting with really right now is uh, just this idea of access. So you can think of a... Uh, of, um, you know, say a Telegram bot that actually checks before you join the channel. Hey, do you have like you know enough social money? Um, so that's like a thousand Alex in our case. Alex Nasmej, who was a who was an entrepreneur in the space, built uh, you know in many projects was an early member of um, Allactive, built Rocket NFT, um, and very recently I think the yield farming Twitter handle as well. And uh, so, so so for someone like that, you can say like, hey, if you have a thousand Alex, you can join this. Um, you can join this chat group. And um, so, so that level of access is something that we're experimenting with. And uh, what happened with Alex and Kerman very interestingly was also around uh, like a rewards-based crowdfunding. Uh, so that was a very interesting use case we hadn't fully explored before and hadn't really seen in the art space. Um, so, so they raised a, a small amount, so like 20,000 for Alex, about 25,000 for, for Kerman. Uh, but the idea there was really that you want to you want to create a core group of people who are invested in your success for the long term. Um, and that was pretty exciting to see because the people who did contribute to the sale were all like people who do follow Alex uh, and want to be part of his journey. Like, you know, he's a very young entrepreneur and, uh, you know, there's like a long road ahead of him. But now they're Alex older. So he recently actually did a poll on how he should, um, 
um, you know, kind of some, which, which of the habits he should adopt. So things like waking up at 6 a.m. or jogging five miles a day and actually jogging five miles a day, one over. So he's actually going to try to uh, like jog five miles a day because that's what his, um, you know, the whole actual holders of Alex want him to do. Um, so, so yeah, so this is this is kind of like a model pioneered by Mike Merrill, who was, uh, you know, the quote unquote first publicly traded person. Uh, you just kind of get uh, community input and think like over the long term, that's pretty valuable. Uh, so that story still has to play out, but that's a super interesting use case as well. Dude, that that is really interesting. I, I know other people have done certain things like that. I'd like to pay the premium to like get access to Alex's Fitbit information, like on the back end of things, <laughs> make sure he's like actually <laughs> doing running that. five miles. Yeah, actually he didn't promise he'll do that. <laughs> no, it's cool, man. I, I mean I appreciate, you know, anyone who's thinking outside the box and trying to throw a curveball at this thing these kinds of things. And I think you absolutely need people like that who are willing to you know, kick the tires and just try things that haven't been tried before and some will succeed and some will fail, but it's all in the spirit of, you know, pushing the space forward and, and innovation and everything. Uh, do you see like a specific type of use case for social money becoming like the dominant, like type of use case? I mean, obviously, you know, it extends in many directions and people will probably indefinitely continue to tinker around with different applications for it. But is, is there like one or two main ways that you really see this like gaining mainstream traction? Yeah, I think it's hard to answer. I think uh, we don't have, um, just because the, uh, you know, the kinds of things that some people do is very different from what others do, right? Um, so, so for some people, um, let's say, depending on where you are, it's, it's a very good tool for uh, kind of building your audience. Um, but for some other people who have already built an audience and perhaps built very successful companies, um, that's not really your primary concern. Um, so we think that there'll be like two or three categories emerge. So one could kind of be just, you know, like, um, like this KPI driven um, use of social money, right, where you can really supercharge everything that you're doing. So everything from your Upstack subscribers, uh, your Patreon supporters, all the way to you know people following you on on Twitter or even migrating to a new platform, um, and then we see like this whole idea of like access uh, kind of come into one aspect, and then uh, you know just this idea of like being able to share some of the value that you have created with your broader community. Um, we think what's going to really like uh, catch on is uh, we'll probably know about know a bit more about this in the next uh, yeah like six months to to a year. Uh, where we see like full social money loops kind of start existing on other platforms. Uh, and that will be super interesting. So some of the, um, I guess, candid behind the scenes things that we are uh, we are talking about is uh, just this more visible uh, indication of status that you can show with uh, with social money. So think about like a, like a chat group where, um, you know, people, like the whole community aggregates. Um, but if you, um, you know, you can buy a, like a valuable sticker, uh, could even be like an NFT, right? But it's uh, like in that community, it represents some status. It shows that, hey, you are a moderator or you, know, you are one of the top posters or something. Uh, so we think like those types of models are very interesting. Uh, we've, and, uh, we've got like a very good positive feedback on that, but we we'll still have to see it play out in the market. Um, so a little early for that, but I think we're right at the cusp, I think in the next few months we'll see some very strong like more mainstream use cases emerge what's really exciting to me is just like all the experimentation that your user base uh, is engaging in right so you have like all those task-based rewards you have people trying to spin up really early communities you have folks like uh, kerman and alex who are doing like the initial human offerings or publicly traded uh, person plays um, which are like injecting liquidity right away as opposed to like taking the long route of what like a, like a new creator would have to go through. And then you have folks like job that are coming in now that obviously have entrenched communities that have like, paved the way for their career financially. So it'd be interesting to see how they interact with it. But at the end of the day, I feel like the, the speculative nature of this is really, really exciting. And it's not just like a fun little toy that people can play with. It's like, well, these things can accrue value dramatically, right? And then, of course, you have like Will Shark, who has these asset-backed um, tokens that he's been distributing in grants and, and approaching it from that angle. So, I, I mean, what, one question, too, is just like, well, I know there's a lot of liquidity pools that have been popping up over on Uniswap for a lot of the tokens. Like, is that something that you guys track? And then, like, heading forward, 
what do you think about the speculative nature of how social currencies interact uh, with all the users and all the experiments that they're running? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, you know, generally speaking, the economics also tend towards that, right? For example, uh, all of social money is limited in supply. Um, so, you know, you can think of the whole social money economy pie being divided into these 10 million units. Uh, so you kind of own, you know, X percent of that. Um, so there's definitely that aspect of, you know, long-term being able to hold the value of a community um, and, you know, potentially also, um, I guess, like speculate on that on that value going forward. Uh, so it's definitely an interesting dynamic. So, so you know, one of the, um, and that's also one of the big ways in which this is different from, um, let's say, like your loyalty points uh, kind of a play, right? Like even though once you put something like a rewards way, so like legally, it's very similar to a loyalty point system, right? You do some actions, you earn some social money, and then you're able to spend it on on things that you have. Uh, but again, like even in our data that we see, uh, it's... Uh, I don't know if it's 50-50 now, but like a while ago, it was very close to 50-50 where 50% of the people are just spending everything immediately, right? You're, you're waiting, waiting, you're collecting up to a threshold and, oh, I got, I got 10,000 here now, I'm going to get this art piece from Connie. Like that's the thinking. And for many others, it's like, I'm just holding as much here as I can. You know, like this is, uh, I'm not spending anything. Uh, so it's very interesting behaviors for sure from, uh, from people's perspective too. And uh, yeah, I think I'm very excited to see how that plays out. Um, in, in the longer term as well, uh, because uh, like you mentioned, like some of the existing communities and, you know, people like Jai were you know, financially very, very well placed. Um, yeah. So, so someone described this to us actually like, you know, social money kind of seems like one more superpower to us. So like, like a YouTube is a superpower. Like I can just put out a video and thousands of people are going to see that podcasting is a superpower. Uh, they kind of see social money as one of those uh, things in their toolbox. Uh, so yeah, we're pretty pretty uh, interested to see how that how that dynamic plays out over over time. Like my guess is, some communities will tend very much towards a transactional model. Some communities will tend a little bit more towards you know the quote unquote saving model. Uh, so where where you wanna make like a longer term bet on on the community. So um, yeah, we'll see how that how that split happens. So you guys got Jao rule you guys must have had some like backdoor conversations behind the scenes conversations where you're like, all right, the, the floodgates are starting to open. Who can we get? Right. So like, who's, who's like pie in the sky. Like you guys must have like earmarked some people and you don't have to get like super, super specific or like doing say anything controversial, but I'm like, there must be some celebrities or like public figures out there who have like communities that you're like, Oh my God, if we could just get like so-and-so and so-and-so on here too, we'd be, you know, 10 steps even beyond where we are now. Are, are there like a, a couple people or, or even like certain types of like people or communities that you're like, this, this is where this would live like so perfectly moving forward or what, uh, give, give me some behind the scenes stuff, Sid. Yeah, um, yeah, man, that's a, that, that's a fair question. Um, so I don't know specific people, but I'll tell you like the types of people we want, right? Uh, and where we see a lot of promise. So one thing we want to be very aware of is um, because there is a speculative aspect to crypto, uh, it does tend to attract some people who are only interested in the speculative aspect. You know, like, how can I like, quickly make money kind of thing? Um, and, and, and we saw some of this, uh, you know, during the ICO boom in 2017 as well. Uh, we want to stay away from that. We don't think that's good for us, our brand or even like their communities. And it's, it's also just not the right uh, kind of behavior we want to incentivize. Um, so people are really exciting to us as people who actually understand the long-term vision for what we are doing. Um, and what that really lets them do is kind of play the long game, right? Like kind of, um, you, we are in, um, I mean, we are a startup as well. We are in early stages of building. Uh, so people who can grow with us, like that's, that's the dream. Uh, so the dream is not to get uh, someone who's as famous as possible. Uh, because what's inevitably going to happen is uh, with a lot of those people, like, you know, even if you convince them somehow, like, you know, you just need to get on this platform because look at everything else they're doing. Uh, they're going to jump on, they're going to play around with it for for a couple of days and then just leave. Um, and, you know, that's not really useful. It gets you that news hype cycle, uh, which is which is great, but uh, it, I don't think it provides that much longer term value. Uh, so someone like Jai is super interesting, right? Because um, he does see that long-term vision. He does, he does want to, work with us and uh, kind of play this out for, for the long term. 
and he does want to see that integrated in into like his own platform uh, kind of like help bring other artists on and you know run experiments there and see see what works um so, so at the stage that we are at um i think that's that's the right play for us and those are the kinds of uh, you know people and communities that we would love to to bring on board i think uh over the past couple of weeks i've seen i think it's mainly been bradley tweeting these out but what appear to be like vc coins like uh, abc uh, like do- dollar sign abc and then maybe like william mogar uh, hopped on i'm curious from like more traditional investor circles from their perspective what is the most interesting or intriguing part about what's happening in the space yeah so i think the way to think about that is like we are building a new category and you know there's just the idea of like uh, social money and the idea of social capital being um you know being fungible and kind of i mean if you think of it as a very broad perspective it's uh, you're basically turning a cultural primitive which is you know your social capital and the community that you've built around that into a digital and financial primitive uh, so that long term vision is very appealing because uh, like if, if that succeeds that's a uh, you know you know over 20 years i mean your role is going to play a small part of this but we think that the, the whole category of user generated currency is you know going to be in the multi trillions of dollars and we just want to position uh, you know we see that world we see that vision and you know some of the vc see that too um yeah and some people are experimenting with it you know people who have uh, uh, some content plays like some uh some blogs like other other ways to just reward community uh so yeah pretty excited to see uh, see some of that interest as well do you anticipate getting to a point where it's like almost unsustainable to allow anyone to create their own social currency like are you eventually going to have to like submit an application and become like whitelisted or or something like that or is the idea to continue to keep this like accessible to everybody Yeah that that's a great question actually so but uh, so can maybe give some insight into our roadmap um so one of the things that we want to do so right now if you look at role like there are different layers of um decentralization and like some levels of centralization too right so if you look at the full stack so the smart contracts are all on ethereum so that's completely decentralized um all of the coins that are created all the ERC20s that you see are completely decentralized and i know this is um this is a bit you know some some of the uh, like the defi projects for example like have things like admin keys uh, into some of the tokens that they create like we actually don't have that um so once hue is out there so for example if you ask us like you know put a gun to our head and say like hey can you accelerate the vesting of hue like we literally cannot do that we don't don't have the keys to do that um so so in that way like we do believe you know pretty fiercely about uh, the community and the creators being in charge um but at the same time once you're talking about like mass adoption so we do do things like a like a custodial wallet on roll so that's how we're able to create earn codes that's how we're able to you know like seamlessly send you know one hue or point one call to to people on roll uh, without paying like you know pretty pretty um high levels of gas fees and and just the general expenses with the blockchain right um but in in the in the in the whole cycle of uh, just like creating your own social money now uh, the most centralizing piece is basically the decision that Bradley and I make on like hey is this person uh, you know like should we issue for them uh, you know sometimes it, it, it's a little early for us but it's it's a very you know we we do our research and say like hey uh, maybe this person will be a good creator on roll or you know maybe this is not the right time um but that decision is uh, again a controlled by like a multi sig uh, address on, on the back end uh but that decision is still centralized it's basically uh as i mentioned like bradley and me making that decision um we want to give that decision power like back to the community um so one of the things that you will see come out like in the in, in the in like a v2 of our smart contract so you can think of it as like an underlying protocol token uh whose job will be to uh do a lot of these changes kind of make decisions on uh who which proposals uh to accept for social money and which ones to to reject um and also like any changes to the monetary and economic policies uh so that requires like a smart contract upgrade uh so right now we do have the power to uh we can't change any existing ones that are minted uh but going forward let's say uh, if you want to you know mint a rizzle token like we can uh theoretically like swap our existing factory contract with something that has let's say like a limit of 20 million to 10 million um and those types of like smart contract upgrades or like you know change the vesting period and so on uh so those kinds of upgrades also like we want to kind of give that back to back to the community 
Um, and um, yeah, yeah and, and the other appealing thing about that token is just going to be, uh, you know, like the, the, the uh, we do take like some percentage of the fees that's at issuance. Uh, we think like we can uh, kind of distribute that to the holders of the underlying protocol token uh, and also kind of like then, then just play into like a platform referral side. So let's say like the, um, if the minting happens on one platform, you know, they can get like 1% of the supply issue. So then our incentives are aligned. Uh, so like lots of things that we're thinking about in terms of what that V2 looks like. Um, I'm pretty ex really excited about uh, kind of seeing some of the other experiments in the space play out as well. Uh, we just think we can kind of do it in a better way. Uh, so that's probably like a few months to a year probably out, but uh, we're having some serious thinking around, around those. It's really exciting, like talking about the the new smart contracts and how the community will have more of a say in determining the direction and who like maybe gets whitelisted to get their own tokens and things like that. That's awesome. So happy to hear that. But as you've been growing and having more attention thrown onto the project and uh, the users who are experimenting with it, I know there's been some, I mean, I don't want to say criticism, but people have definitely been asking tougher questions as time has gone by, which is always good to see. I think particularly with like the crowdfunding uh, aspect, like with Alex and, and Kerman in particular, a lot of people are asking about like, well, it, it seems like a security. I know there's utility and things like that baked into that. How is this not infringing on uh, some security law somewhere or something like that? And then also just like questioning maybe the ethics behind it or just the accountability. Like uh, if anyone just kind of reneges on what their promise is, like, yeah, there's a lot of bag holders that could potentially be stuck. It's a black guy for that community, but potentially it could all roll back onto roll. So, I mean, there's a lot of questions that people are asking. In your opinion, what are some of the toughest questions to respond? Yeah, so when we uh, when we adopted, even within the crowdfunding realm, uh, that was pretty new for us. Um, you know, as you know, we have about, uh, I think right now we have about like 170 or so issuers um, and literally like two of them had you know, like done the, crowdfunding. Uh, we think it's like a great experiment to run, uh, but it's just so different from, uh, I think, some of the things that people uh, think about. And I can understand like why they think about that, just because, you know, the crypto space has been very speculative in the past and, you know, people have been burned. Um, so I can't like blame them for, for, for thinking about those things. Um, but you know, at the end of the day, the people who are, like, this is not even like remotely advertised as like, you know, hey, um, kind of like an investment scheme or something, right? Like even if you look at like Alex or Kerman say like the thing that you always see the first thing is like, hey, these are the rewards you can do. Uh, so, you know, like Alex will hop on a call with you and explain DeFi to you. And just think of how valuable that is. Like, you know, if you are someone who's outside the space, there are like 10 credible people and like 10,000 non-credible people who can tell you about <laughs> DeFi and show you their project, right? On um, why you should buy you know, X coin instead. And that's, that's the, that's the real play. Um, and then there are like 10 people who will actually tell you, Hey, this is you know, the risk. Like, you know, don't do shit like that. And, you know, just you know, manage your, like, this is the, this is the landscape. Right. Uh, so, 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 so yeah. So even same with Kerman, right. He, he writes like one of the most popular, um, you know, most popular websites on, on, on DeFi. And I really love his tutorials. Like I follow them personally for uh, some of my, uh, my stuff too. Uh, so that's really valuable to people. And, um, and, and, you know, that, that's, that's basically what you're um, kind of getting from, uh, from, from being part of the, the Kerman, uh, Kerman sale. And, uh, and as I mentioned earlier too, like, you know, from, from, from their perspective, it's like you can you just build a, like a 30, 40 strong person community that's now very, in a very real sense invested in use everything from advice to now uh, making introductions to people to like you know, finding potential co-founders to just getting advice, right? Like some of the, like, uh, like Alex is not very technical. Like if he wants like a technical voice, like there are people in his community who hold Alex who he can reach out to. Uh, and that's a very powerful resource. You know, like I sometimes wish like I had that resource, you know, I was uh, kind of building up my career. So I think like in that sense, it's very, uh, it, 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 it is very powerful. Um, and, and yeah, so I think, uh, yeah, I think end of the day, it's more, more very, very much more similar to like a rewards-based crowdfunding and all the people who have, um, uh, I guess, like contributed again, like we have the data, like we see who is contributing what, like they're all like pretty close to, uh, yeah, two people like uh, like Alex and Kerman. Yeah, that's you, man. I, I honestly haven't followed their specific projects enough to like really, really weigh in on like the, you know, pros and cons of those arguments. I know that has been like a thing um, 
you know, probably just like anyone who ventures into uncharted territory and everything is going to catch some sort of backlash or whatever. But I, honestly, man, and you could even edit this part out. I don't feel like I know like enough specifically about those situations to like contribute a whole lot to that discussion, even though I know it's like a discussion that has been ongoing that I've been sort of catching snippets of for, for months now. Yeah. I mean, I feel like there's, there's a lot of people that are coming from like traditional finance or, or law and they're trying to, I mean, they have a very conservative view, but at the end of the day, and I think this is coming from Alex uh, in one of his rebuttals, it's, they're talking about what in the grand scheme of things are relatively trivial sums, but carry outsized impact for especially like early young entrepreneurs in the space who, I mean, having, of course, like liquidity to do, uh, to make moves is really important. But I think what, what Sid was talking about, like, um, shoring up your community that early on is an incredible value uh, in and of itself. And the fact that, again, like, it's not just the liquidity play, it's the way it's, it's a very, very strong uh, reward incentive for the people that are like, quote, unquote, investing in Alex, uh, in particular, he's one, the one I thought more than, for example, Kerman, who I know much less about. So I feel like there's definitely arguments on both sides, but like this is a really, really useful mechanism for folks that maybe lie outside of the traditional legal financial circles because they're so new, young, and lack capital themselves to really do anything. So it's an interesting vehicle in that front. And I mean, you can't hate the experiment because the experiment's potentially very interesting, not just for two people, but for like hundreds, thousands of people. And as we're seeing with Alex, getting a lot of notoriety being featured in Forbes and things like that for for this experiment. So it's going to inspire other people to try something similar and we'll see if it actually is an issue down the line. Um, But I don't feel like there's any real reason to kind of like kill the experiment before we even see like what the actual lasting impact is. So, I mean, that's my personal take. I'm very curious to see where it's going, but it's interesting to hear both sides of the argument. No, I, I feel like it's really interesting. Anytime, I mean, all three of us can probably identify with this sentiment. Like whenever you put something out there that you know is a really cool concept, but you don't know fully how people are going to utilize it or respond to it or, or you know, spin it in their own way. It's so exciting just to see how it all plays out. And especially with Roll, man. I mean, when, when we had you on the first time around, Sid, uh, you know, like we were saying at the top of the podcast, you guys were just sort of starting to get out of the gate. And it was really tough for me personally to see how this was going to play out and how this made sense within the context of the cryptosphere and everything and never anticipated like a fraction of the ways that uh, people have implemented it. But I, I mean, I guess that's what happens when you turn over to, you know, a product to a bunch of like artists and creators, right? They like get extra creative with it. Um, I don't know, man. I, I'm like very, very impressed uh, about, is it just you and Bradley over there? You guys subcontract people or whatever. I, I know you've referenced you and him, like basically doing all these things the whole time. And I'm like, holy shit, man, this is like a massive or it has become like a massive, massive project. If it wasn't six to eight months ago and whenever we first connected, it, I, what, what's your squad like these days? Yeah. Yeah. So we have, uh, we have Syncus actually, as you know, like on our team who's helping out on a lot of, uh, like creator onboarding and, and, and user support uh, and, and some other, you know, just creating some documentation for us, uh, you know, some, some FAQ, some content. Uh, so kind of really been helpful. Um, yeah. And then the rest of the team is just, uh, you know, engineers. So we uh, kind of work with, uh, with three engineers who are helping build things out. Um, so we kind of have, you know, the iOS app, the Android app, the web app. Uh, and now we're also like building a bunch of uh, APIs that third parties can build. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of engineering going on uh, behind the scenes. I figured there must be a lot going on behind the scenes. It's uh, the, the scope of your project has just gotten so huge. Um, Sid, I want to I want to give you our like weekly shakedown here, man. You, you've obviously got your hand in like a billion projects. Is there anything that you're not directly related to that you just think is cool, or you're collecting on the side, or or been uh, checking out just as a as a hobby? Uh, yeah, it's going to feel like a cop-out answer, but I'm actually very interested to see Scent, like just the, the whole, uh, the new idea of like seeding creators and, uh, and also being potentially able to reward them, kind of finding them early. Um, I think that's a, that's a really cool experiment that 
uh, we would love to see uh, see play out and how people respond. Um, and I, I think like it's it's somewhat adjacent to what we are trying to do as well, kind of uh, you know going about the whole crypto space from like a community perspective and also the ability to uh, kind of build and share value. You know, a lot of our philosophy comes from that as well in the social money space. Um, so yeah, pretty interested to see that. Um, other than that, like pretty excited about some of the uh, uh, some of the new developments, especially on things like the wallet space. So uh, places where um, you know you can just sign up with your email and your public-private key pair is uh, generated off of that. Um, I do have some security uh, issues, I'm sure, because you may or may not want your email to be the sole source of, of that connection. But I just think that that onboarding is so seamless. Uh, so that's that's a pretty good. Um, you know, direction in which the like the general infrastructure and the space is, is moving as well. Uh, so yeah, pretty excited about, about that as well. No, man, that, that's not a cop out. It sounds like it goes honestly perfectly hand in hand with what you do now. So if anything, it seems like a very intelligent answer. Um, yeah. So even things like you know, when you when you look at the space, like generally the crypto space, and you know, don't get me wrong, like I love all the DeFi stuff too that's happening. Uh, but, you know, the, the, that money's moving between, you know, the same thousand people. And, you know, the, the promise of, uh, <laughs> that, you know, this is going to bank the unbanked or, or whatever, you know, like we all know that's not exactly what's happening there. Um, and so while it's exciting in its own way about, you know, the financialization of the space um, and kind of running some pretty cool experiments too, so, you know, don't get me wrong. Uh, but what like really excites me and, you know, I'm sure Bradley as well, um, it, it's just this idea that you like we see a legitimate path from like where we are to the next 100 million like real users uh, into the crypto space. Uh, that, that's exciting to us. Hell yeah, that's fire. Should I guarantee <laughs> you get Jaw Rule on our podcast, man? We will shill the shit <laughs> out of Roll and get those 100 million people, man. I want them on. I want to hear what Jaw's doing with social currency, man. I want all the details. Many shout outs to roll will happen. Who talks? Does anyone talk directly to Ja? Do, do you guys just talk to uh, Icon or does we is actually like have Bradley him on now? Our, um, yeah, you, you, you should check it out. Like we have, um, uh, we have a roll radio, uh, so so it's like a small effort by us on like a podcast. It's not fully polished or anything. Uh, but what we do is we just sit down with some of our like bigger platforms and infrastructure plays. Uh, so, so far, like these are not the crypto native people. Uh, these are people who are uh, kind of doing pretty interesting things. The one person who came on, like, is doing very interesting things in the esports world. Um, you know, someone like Ja, for example, is you know, completely on the music side. Uh, we'll have someone else like, who's, uh, uh, who's, who, who has built in, in, in the past uh, just like a whole platform for musicians and uh, trying to work on some other exciting things now. And, you know, uh, would be interested to work with Roll as well. So we're just um, uh, kind of going beyond the crypto category and trying to talk to people who are uh, who are looking at the space. Um, so, so yeah, like Bradley and uh, Alex and Ja actually had a had a whole conversation. One billion Brizzle coins on the line, man. I'm, I'll send them to you. <laughs> give, give us Ja. I want to talk about social currency and and no, honestly, man. All jokes aside, I would genuinely be interested in hearing what some of these people on the fringe of the crypto sphere are uh, doing and what they think about these things because this is a conversation that Matthew and I have been having extensively. And Jim is just how to keep pushing the boundaries of this space and expanding the pond a little bit wider. And you guys are, you know, have the same broad vision that we do in, in the sense of just like continuing to pull people in who like the ideas of what we're doing, but aren't necessarily, you know, totally competent on the crypto end of things. So uh, seriously, man, all jokes aside, if, if you're in contact with some of these people and they'd be interested in talking to us, uh, we'd love to have some behind the scenes conversations with you to, to see what we can come up with because uh, we we need the we all collectively need those people in our space to continue to spread the word. Yeah, absolutely, man. I, I think we'll uh, you know really love some of the um, you know the new whip meetups and you know new formats in the metaverse that you guys are experimenting with as well. I think uh, that's pretty exciting. And uh, yeah, you know, let's uh, let's stay in touch offline for sure. Um, I think there'll be a lot of overlap with uh, you know some of our issuers and creators and some of the conversations we are having with uh, with what you guys are doing. It's awesome. And I'm so excited to see a project like yours forge ahead, pioneering totally new category. And 
like I feel like we're we're all kind of doing that in our own way. And it's it's really awesome that the the vectors for collaboration, I think, are beginning to show themselves. Like you said, like scent is definitely adjacent to what uh, role is doing, but I feel like there's a lot of potential synergies uh, of like collaborating together. And then the same thing over with Token Smart NFT42 with the WIP. Um, there's there's very different advantages and strengths that each of these projects brings to the table. That I feel like in the not so distant future, there's going to be some really interesting collaborations. Um, but before we we wrap up. Sid, I just want to make sure, I know we talked about Tri-Roll Radio. Are there any other channels or discords or sites that you want to leave the folks with that they should check out? No, so we, we just uh, we just opened up our, um, our, 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 we just entered into an open beta, so you actually don't need an earned link to join Roll. Uh, so yeah, if you can just go to app.triroll.com, you can sign up now. Uh, we're generally always welcome any user feedback, uh, but uh, same thing on Twitter. You can check it out at, at TriRollHQ. Um, and uh, if you go to TriRoll.com, you'll find our uh, Discord link as well. We're pretty pretty active there. Uh, so any of those avenues work. Well, thank you very much for taking the time to join us on our show. Once again, it really was a pleasure to be able to talk with you about all the progress and all the cool shit and, and job rule. Uh, <laughs> related announcements that have been going on at Roll. So thank you very much and keep on creating, man. Yeah, thanks, man. Thanks for having me. I'm pretty pretty excited about the future. Hey, everybody. It's Matthew again, and I really hope you enjoyed the conversation that Rizzle and I had with Sid Kala. As always, if you're not subscribed to this podcast, make sure you subscribe wherever you listen. And if any of you guys are listening to this in the Token Smart Discord with Easy. Thank you all for listening. That's so cool that you guys are doing this. These live listening parties are super dope. And special thank you to Easy uh, for getting these things together. If you guys can spread this interview anywhere on the interwebs, it'd be greatly appreciated. For sure, we'll throw you some whale uh, for your troubles. And if you guys have any suggestions who you want us to talk with next, make sure you let us know. Uh, but we're really excited in the next few weeks to be able to speak with V from Lendroid, as well as Maddie, uh, aka DCL Blogger, amongst some other interviews we have lined up. So look out for that. And with that, I'll see you on the flip side. Sent on.